Welcome to Somebody You Love. Or the sale of two titties. I'm Jenna Love. And I'm Holly Hart. And we're experts in disappointing our parents, breaching community guidelines, and banging the people who vote against our rights. Hello, it's Jenna here. We're taking a week off from producing a main episode because we can. And that is as good a reason as any. So what I thought we'd do this week is bring you a bit of a taste of our January bonus episode. So our bonus episodes are only available for our $10 and up patrons on Patreon. And the same episodes with video are available to our $20 plus patrons. At both of these tiers, you also get a whole bunch of stuff. Main episodes a day early and without ads. You get bloopers, of which there are quite a few, behind-the-scenes footage. And you also get to be a part of the discussion. You get to be a part of our little family, which I personally get a lot out of. Sometimes our patrons add in their experiences with whatever topic we've been discussing that week. They have a chat about the episode. Plus, they also contribute to our questions for guests and have quite a bit of input into the show itself. When you sign up to the Patreon, you have access to all of the previous posts as well. So as of this week, the end of January, there are five full-length bonus episodes. There is all of our main episodes without ads. There's, I think, 18 videos of outtakes. And there's more than 20 videos of us behind the scenes, just being ourselves and getting up to fuckery. Occasionally featuring Mr. Love, the uh, third member of our merry trio. Now, if you're concerned about how it will show up on your bank statement, it doesn't actually say anything about somebody you love. It just says Patreon. So there's no way for anybody from that to see what actual patron creators you are subscribed to. And if you're a sex worker, you might be able to claim it because I claim all of my sex work related patronages as research. So that might be something to consider. On to the episode. Our bonus episodes tend to be less formal than our main episodes. They're quite cash. We basically just press record and then see what happens. For January, we asked our patrons for some questions and we just did a massive Q&A session. Now, the first question was about the impact of Foster Sesta on our lives and businesses. And if you don't know what that is, it will be explained to you quite soon. Now, we've had a main episode on Foster Sesta in the works for a while, but we haven't got there just yet. It's a big topic, so we're just going to share our answers to that one question. This is a little tease, just a section of the bonus episode, and obviously, if you enjoy it, we would love for you to consider supporting us on Patreon. But also, it's a discussion that we think is really important and that we didn't want to have entirely behind a paywall. So here it is for your listening pleasure. When Foster slash Sesta got passed and Backpage was shut down in April of 2018, were you affected by this? Did it affect your income, advertising costs, or how many bookings you would get? Did you have to change how you operated your business? Just a recap for anyone who is uh, watching slash listening who is not familiar with, with what that is. I'm, I'm probably not going to be the best person at explaining, uh, but some some laws came into effect in the United States, which affected affected which affected um, our advertising platforms basically, or some really prominent advertising platforms that a lot of us use uh, were just taken down overnight, and a lot of us had to scramble to um, 
they basically made um, advertising in-person sexual services illegal. Um, and while that's just a US law, um, obviously so many websites are hosted or managed or ran um somewhere somehow there's a connection to the u.s so um a lot of websites that sex workers advertise on across the world um people woke up in the morning and they were all gone um yeah foster is fight online sex trafficking act and sesta is stop enabling sex trafficking act um so they're like a weird combined little hybrid law i am intending on doing a full episode on them at some point uh but this is a great little a great little teaser for that, I guess. So how was how did it affect you? It affected me massively. Um, I had, oh, by that point, I'd been a, a private sex worker for a few years. Um, but I, as anyone who has observed my brand with any attention to detail will notice, I don't even have a website. I very rarely do shoots. I rarely take photos. I don't really do the professional thing with my brand. I'm very casual about it all. And fortunately it really works for me. Um, but yeah, I really just skated along with, with minimal stuff. And at that point I was not out to many people as a sex worker and I was definitely not face out. So I had a few really grainy, um, neck down pictures on, on cracker, which was this website that was a dollar a post. You'd post dollar, dollar. Yeah. Your your pictures pictures would go up and, and, um, and and I'd get get bookings bookings from that. that. And it was pretty consistent for me. And I didn't have social media presence. I didn't have anything. Like I just, I was really just skating by on that. So when that went down overnight, it was huge for me. Um, and also at the time I was very much a someone who lived week to week financially. I was not financially comfortable. And and I mean, I think that's a bit of a contradiction because I've just said, well, that was working for me. I (laughs) I think at the time I didn't believe that I could make a lot of money out of sex work or I was so used to the minimal amount of pay that I was getting in a brothel that when I was a private sex worker, I sort of felt like that the minimum was, was plenty. So as long as I could pay my rent to me, that was enough. But it also just means that I didn't have savings. For a lot of people, that's enough. That's enough. Yes, I mean, yes. And I'm definitely being able not, to pay uh, your rent is doing that. Yeah, <laughs> it's huge. Yeah, it's huge. And for me, that was a lot in my life. I'd never lived on my own and paid rent for an entire house, or you know, supported a bunch of pets or anything like that. Um, so so comfortably. So so that was you know, I felt financially stable, but to, to make it clear, I basically, yeah, I didn't have any savings. So when that went down overnight, I was shook. I didn't even know where to begin advertising. A lot of the sites required professional photos. I did not have any mm. of those. I very quickly booked in my first photo shoot with Evelyn Hunt and started to, to organize that. I didn't know where I was going to be scraping the money for that from. We started advertising in the Canberra Times, which I think was about $80 on a Saturday to advertise compared to the dollar that I'd been paying. Wow. It was yep. um, or, or $40 on a weekday. Yeah, it was a lot of money. So every day you take this massive risk, put your ad in and just hope you'd make that money back. Um, it was just a really big risk and, and it was incredibly stressful. I was really, really, really stressed. Did you have like regular clientele that found you through Cracker and then uh, struggled to find you again? Oh, yeah, almost certainly. Yeah. Right. Yeah, definitely. Because I had no website, no online presence, yeah. nothing. So people would have had no so idea. If they where hadn't to find saved me. your number, which a lot of people don't, they don't want to save a sex yeah. worker's number in their phone, no. then they had no way of getting it. No, exactly. Um, so, I, and a lot of that was my own. Uh, 
lack of foresight and putting my eggs all in one basket, which um, since then I guess I've learned a few life lessons, but it was a hard life lesson to sure. learn. And when it's your livelihood, it's incredibly stressful. And, and not everyone has the option of putting their eggs in multiple different baskets. No. You know, yeah, I mean, that's, exactly. that's just yeah. it. I mean, that you, you didn't really have, you weren't in a position to be able to pay for professional photos. You weren't in a position to to spend more than a dollar a day on your advertising. No. Um, and some of these sites, they cost hundreds and thousands of dollars for advertising. Mm. Mm. Like the difference exactly. is huge. Yep. No, so was... I, you can't be too hard on yourself <laughs> saying, no, you know, no, no, no. I'm just, what? I'm just, I guess, yeah. explaining it in quite a balanced way. It's sure. not just, um, it's not just that it fucking sucked, but it also was just a collision of a few things. My um, lack of um, adult skills, my, um, the universe and, and, and yeah, being, um, I suppose a less privileged worker at the time in that I, I guess, I could be defined as a survival worker. Definitely not at the vulnerable position a lot of sex workers are. But yeah, I had you know every week was was the money I needed for the next week ahead. So, yeah. um, and you know at the time, I mean, I had a, a really serious mental health episode in uh, in 2016, and uh, this affected my ability going forward to sort of feel comfortable financially. You know, I was always, I mean, we all say that we're all one episode away. We're all one incident away from homelessness or from severe poverty. And, uh, yeah, and that, that even by, by early 2018, I was still feeling the caution, the sort of fear that anything could, could happen at any stage. So yes, it affected my income massively at the time. I would say for about six to 12 months, there was a real, an unreliability in the work that was coming in and a a feeling of of vulnerability and of a little bit of scramble. Um, It did affect my advertising costs. They went up hugely for for a while because I kept advertising in the Cambridge Times uh, for quite a while. But also people who, um, I'm sorry, I'm having a massive answer for this, but people who um, book sex workers from the newspaper, in my experience, aren't prepared to pay much for their sex workers. So people who find you on the internet sort of expect a certain rate. But what is happening in in the newspaper tends to be sort of more affordable. So um, the people who are reading that tend to be people with um, lower uh, IT literacy skills or IT literacy which is insane given newspaper advertising has to be the most expensive form of advertising for sex work. It's incredibly. I think it is. Yeah. Far more yeah. than anything else. Nothing else is going to cost you 80 bucks a day. No, it's insane, isn't it? Like, And, uh, yeah, so, uh, so I always had to sort of do a lower rate or a lower deal for people that were, you know, newspaper clients. But it was about covering that cost then, you know, and uh, – yeah, it was a lot of pressure. And, and of course, very short bookings. They'd be expecting, you know, a $100 booking. <laughs> I just paid $80 for yeah. the advertising. So, yeah, very stressful. Um, but gradually, once I got my pictures, I was able to put them on other websites, which then asked for, a, you know, an upfront cost of $100 and something, dollars, which was still stressful. But gradually, um, and, and after that point, my business grew quite quickly because I started to um, uh, engage a little bit more with social media and things like that. And I think that you know, verified who I was rather than a, um, you know, a potential scam or something like that. So, uh, so I guess that drove me to get a little bit more out there, which was great for my business. But, um, yeah, I mean, it was a horrible thing. And if I were in a more vulnerable position could have led to some really shitty consequences. Yeah. Pretty, pretty crazy. Yeah. Foster Sester led to the deaths of workers. No doubt. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. 
horrific. What was your experience? Didn't affect me one bit. I hadn't heard of Backpage or Cracker until April of 2018. I didn't know. I hadn't heard of Scarlet Blue. I ha- I didn't know. I don't know about yeah. any of that stuff. Um, and I know it's re- yeah, incredibly privileged and similar to you. It was just a series of fa- where I happened to be at that point in time. Yeah, it literally just yeah. did not affect me. I for many years at that point um, was only. I didn't advertise anywhere, so it didn't affect my advertising because I didn't advertise. So all of my clientele was word of mouth and regulars. Um, And at that point, I had been on Twitter for a couple of months um, and I was starting to see returns from my like social media time investment. Um, Mm. But it did like, yeah, nothing changed for me. And that was the first time I had heard about things in the sex industry being affected by laws and that like I I was like everyone's freaking out what's happening what's this site that exists that I didn't even know about um so yeah I'm I am extraordinarily lucky in that sense um and I have to say that I I am the only one I know of that wasn't affected by that and I am talking about from people who work on the street to people who work who do online sex work to people who charge a thousand dollars an hour I don't know another escort or another sex worker that was not impacted by it because I think what people maybe don't realise is the flow and effect of that, of all of the people who were using uh, Backpage and Cracker, which was thousands of people, I mean, huge amounts of people, right? Um, It was was nonstop. Yeah. All of those people Mm. then either lost their houses and, you know, didn't make it through, which is horrific, and the ones that were able to scramble together some dollars or whatever it is they had to do to get their business up and running again, they uh, they then moved to all the other websites that cost more or to the newspapers, mm. and then those markets became flooded. So then the clientele that was usually looking at the higher-end websites or at the newspapers or whatever suddenly had mm you know, double or more the amount of workers to choose from. So then those who, you know, the the sex workers who are charging $1,000 an hour or whatever it is they're charging, they were also affected because suddenly their market was completely flooded. Um, so it, it really penetrated across the entire industry and I just happened to be sitting on this weird little rock in the middle of the tsunami um, that just was like, oh, okay, wow, this is wild. And, and now, thankfully, I know a lot more about it and, um, yeah, have, have educated myself. But um, yeah. it was just horrific. I'm glad that you didn't have to experience that because it was really – Intense. It was, it was really shocking. And there was a lot of frustration in that. Um, like we're in Australia, but yeah. you know, the, I mean, I, look, the frustration with the law itself, with those laws uh, is, yeah. is a lot. And I think that's something we will definitely delve into when we do an episode about it. But the fact that it doesn't really, um, you know, do anything to stop trafficking and trafficking is an issue, greater issue in many other and industries. And if anything that, makes it worse. Yes, exactly. And Oh, you know, so many reasons. But uh, but a huge part of the frustration was that we're in Australia. Our job is legal yep. and you're just, you know, you're really fucking us here. In fact, I had money in my um, Cracker account for credits for, oh. for advertising and when it went down, all that <gasps> went, like everyone I know, they just lost their money that was with Oh, it, I didn't so even I know. know that was a thing. Yeah, wow. yeah. And it's this yeah. thing that yeah. I always come back to that that's 
Like, you know, the the whole the problem for me with the hierarchy, with the idea that, um, you know, those that are charging a lot more and, and are more established, people like me who have websites and have branding and all that kind of shit, the idea that that is um, more valid and uh, more, um, you know, more in need of rights and that sort of thing is so, so backward because yeah. the sex industry exists for the marginalised like, mm. the sex industry is so important. Actually, I was just talking to my mum and dad at dinner last night about this because I was talking about a bunch of my friends who all have ADD or ADHD, and I was rattling mm. off a few names, and my mum went, are they all sex workers? And I was like, yeah, actually, every single one of them is, Yeah. <laughs> And, um, and my dad jumped in, and this is a bit of a perhaps more uneducated, not knowledgeable point of view, and he said, how the fuck are they doing sex work? And I said, Dad, sex work is an option yeah. for so many of us because how the fuck do you think they're going to do a nine-to-five? Like yeah. if you think, mm. oh, how are they going to manage an hour with somebody – focusing and or whatever his you know concern was about that how the fuck do you think they're going to work for a corporation that requires them to check in at a certain time and whatever you know um and and that's the thing the fact that there are people who have a dollar to their name that they can chuck an ad up and earn their rent for the week that's why the sex industry is here that's and and that's and they're the people that are at the heart of the sex industry I mean, at the time that I was, um, and I, I'm going to just really quickly just go back through my go phone there. to when I was first uh, first working privately. So I used to get a hotel and I would pay a dollar for my ad or um, maybe $5 in a night because you could bump it to the top. So it was such a fast moving. And this is why people would go, well, why didn't you just go to another side? Or why wasn't there something that's been Cracker since? And the beauty of Cracker was that it was immediate. So you would, um, you'd say today I'll get ready. I'll get ready for work and I'll post my ad and people know I'm ready now and start contacting me. And then other people will advertise they're ready and then I'll bump again and I'll be at the top. And, and, um, even though a lot of sites have available now functions and things like that, it just wasn't like cracker cracker. You'd go, well, that woman is almost certainly available now. I'll see her. And, um, so it was really convenient in that way. So I would work short notice. I'd pay a dollar. I'd, uh, pay, I think, $150 a night for this hotel room. And then I would do a few bookings. Usually, what have I got here? About two or three, maybe four if I was really pushing it. But I would do, you know, look, $100 booking, $150, $100 booking. So it's that $350 a night minus $150 minus the dollar or $5 for advertising. And um, so, you know, make $300 profit, uh, sorry, $300, $200 less than $200 profit in a day. And that would be my, my income. And that was a lot of money for me. And that was, um, that was literally to, to pay the bills. So yeah, I was, um, very much relying on that structure because then when that was gone, how do I tell people I'm available now? How do I get them? I can put myself on an ad, but it just didn't have the same effect. And again, then I had to spend $80 and or more. And, um, and that would be on a day where, people would not look for me now. Like then that, that ad would just go to waste. And 
Yeah. yeah. Very frustrating. And it was much, I mean, historically speaking, the sex industry has always been far more available now focused. I mean, before the internet, um, well, no, I mean, there were phone calls and ads in papers and all that sort of stuff. But back in the day, it was it was brothels or windows or, yeah. you know, adult bookstores. Like it was you go there and yeah. if someone's standing there, you go to a booking. So, I yeah. mean, this whole booking in advance thing, which is my fucking livelihood, and I would go insane my, if it yeah. wasn't like that. No. Uh, but that yeah. is – that's very, very new. Yes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, I guess what I'm trying to demonstrate is basically the, the amount of um, vulnerability involved in it for sex workers like that and the, the lack of privilege. Like you said, I think um, for somebody like me, it was really approachable. I could put that $1 out up, I could get my hotel room and I could know that maybe I'd get a few bookings that would, would cover the cost of that and give me a little bit more in my pocket. Uh, whereas, um, yeah, and, and I guess that's a function for a lot of people with various things in their life that you know, in, like make it difficult for them to have a regular schedule. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it was, it was really handy like that. And uh, definitely, you know, um, I was not a privileged worker. I definitely think I'm very privileged. I, and again, I'm going to say I have privilege. I'm aware of my privilege, uh, but um, yeah, yeah. It's uh, it really impacted me. So massive. <laughs> 